Hello and welcome to Hummingbird, a weekly podcast with April Lee Janes and Jessica Outram. everyone. Welcome to episode seven of our second season of Hummingbird. And we are so delighted to be here with you today, continuing into the third chapter of our book study. Today, we are focusing on sources as we go deeper into learning by heart by Karita Kent and Jan Stewart. How are you, April? Just getting back from Toronto and um, settling back into the studio but the i just love autumn and the fall colors are so inspiring to me and it just really it's my absolutely favorite season there's a chill in the air and i know it's soon going to be time that i can hibernate which means i'm going to spend a lot more time in the studio so i'm looking forward to that got lots of ideas for there and you talked about the mixang uh school of looking in our last episode yeah. so i looked up uh, your link and then I kind of did one of those deep dives one of your wormholes as you call it and discovered they had a whole course on it and they call it opening the good eye which I just really loved and I just wanted to share that before we jump into the next piece of this I'm kind of interested in I'm going to read more about that course because it just sounds so interesting to me as an artist but what have you been up to and how are you doing today as we start well, um, I would love to just say, though, just to piggyback on what you mentioned about the mixing approach is anybody with a cell phone camera who has a social media account, please take the time to go look that up. Because if you're the type of person and I've, I've spoken to people who are like, I just don't know what to take a picture of. And I don't know look into this way of seeing and looking. And uh, I bet you even if you looked up the hashtag mixing, you'd see a lot of really interesting things. So check it out. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way for you just to practice training your eye when you're out in the world and that you're engaging with your cell phone. I know there are some people out there who just love their cell phones and love engaging with people on their social media accounts, but are often like, well, what do I post and what do I do? This might, this using this as an inquiry might just lead you to places you never thought thought possible and gives you the opportunity to practice looking, mm -hmm. which is what we talked about last time. And honestly, April, I think it's going to just weave into every chapter of this book because it's that, that whole idea of creativity being about responding rather than the thinking and the responding all comes through the looking yeah. no matter what ways we see. So for me, I am just wondering my, my big question that I'm wondering is, is it me or does the do the seasons get more beautiful every year? Is this just a, a, a wonderful part of the aging process? Because I'm finding that every year, summer is more beautiful. It's like, oh, this is the most beautiful fall I've ever seen. And then winter will come. Oh, I've never seen winter look this good. Like, is this just me shifting in my own <laughs> self? Or is the world really just getting more beautiful every day, April? What do you think? I think we're paying more attention to it because of what we've been doing with the writing and the and the painting, right? The, when, I know when I was working corporate, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to seasons except on the weekends. And mm. now I feel more immersed in it all. So I'm wondering if that's part of it. You know, this creative wow, life, this looking that creative talks about makes us more aware. Yeah. Well, and I don't know about you, but I am feeling an absolute creativity surge. And that's something that's a little uh, hashtag that I've been using in my creative creativity coaching business, because that's how I feel that it feels sometimes is, is you have this energetic surge of creativity and with talking to you every week and the work in this book, 
and looking at these bigger concepts in terms of creative practice is deepening my relationship even more with creativity, with the world around me. And I'm finding that the more that I give to it, the more that it's giving back to me and my life is changing. And and I don't know if you're finding that too, but it's remarkable the impact that this conversation has had for me already. I've, for me, it's really cemented me in my practice and made me give myself permission to have to take more of what I need for my own practice. Before I was leaving for Toronto, I, I had an extremely busy week. My daughter was coming and then we were leaving from here at the end of her visit to go back for me to do this two weeks of training that I, I do for a client. To get into my studio took a real commitment. And in the past, I probably would have just let it slide. But instead, even if it was like 7.30 at night, I thought, okay, I need my 45 minutes or at least in the the studio. And I would go out and be there. And I believe it's all part of this new commitment that we're making, the conversations you and I are having, the book I'm reading, the importance that this is taking in my life has just made me show up more than I would have shown Mm -hmm. up before. And I think that is, because we're talking about source this week, that's one of those sources. This is the spring that I'm able to to draw on that keeps me showing up in the studio. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear from our, our listeners too, that if you're finding that working through this book is making an impact on you or being part of these conversations, we'd love to see or hear. So please connect with us. Our goal is to build a hummingbird community. That's what we want. And you are part of that community because you're here now in this moment with us. That's it. You belong. So please share with us kind of how things are going. And we hope that you're having some of the same things happening for you that are happening for us. I'm really looking forward to this conversation about source because I think one of one of the biggest questions when you are interviewed by people who consider themselves non-creatives, although you know you've said it before, all people are creative, but one of the biggest questions they ask is, you know, what inspires you? And that's really a question mm-hmm. about source. And Karita Kent and Jan Stewart They say that everything is a source and uh, that's a really broad, huge statement and a little bit overwhelming. And can you imagine? So, you know, say we're being interviewed, but I, you know, I have to get interviewed for our local radio program. If they say what inspires you, well, everything. Well, we want to get more specific than that. So today I'm hoping our conversation can get into specifics around some things around source, because it is true that everything is a source. Like, so when you first jumped into this this chapter where did you go with your thinking did you find like this idea overwhelming or were you you're always so much more grounded than me so I have a feeling that you jumped right into something real and tangible right away I'm hoping (laughs) well as a painter I'm used to using reference photos so that was my first thought that that was one of my sources But I mean, it's not the photo that's the actual source. It was the thing that triggered me to take that photo. It was a definition that the book says. It was the beginning of a stream of water, the origin or the ultimate cause. And I hadn't thought of source like that. But as I dove deeper into this, it really, yeah, that's what it is. It's, I've always thought of creativity like a well that you draw on. And sometimes you have to refill the well. Well, the refilling comes from a source. We always had dug wells when I was a kid and there was a spring that fed the well. So there was a source. 
she also says that a source is a point of departure. And I guess because my head was in the whole water thing at that point, it re really made me think of the French Canadian voyageurs who, who would set out on their canoes and, and, you know, travel all the rivers and things in Canada. But the start of the stream of that water was their point of departure for the journey. So it's a point of departure. It's the thing that makes you do whatever it is or look at whatever it is or express whatever it is that that it's triggered for you i spent some time just recently with an artist friend and she told me the hardest thing for her about COVID was being cut off from her creative friends because they challenge and inspire her inspire her so i you were sources to each other the things around us so yeah it i didn't have a problem with everything as a source because mm -hmm. i think like kids there'll be something that will catch your attention mm -hmm. and that's what our starting point will be yeah there was we even did an episode in season one about creative genealogy so our sources don't even have to be alive they're just what has inspired us yep and that relationship i always keep going back to the relationship because i think mm. that that's that's an important key concept and you know we ourselves are a source and our interaction with the world around us is a source we are each other's sources Earlier in September, like, you know, we're talking a month ago now, but uh, I was lucky to uh, go to an outdoor concert where a few of my friends, it's a songwriter circle plus is what it's called. And they were performing and I hadn't been to live music in a long, long time. But what was particularly interesting about this event, it was all outdoors. Everybody was safe and distanced. Um, and, uh, but the interesting piece was while they sang they had a professional dancer there who joined them who did interpretive dance to uh, a number of their songs, not every song, but a number of their songs. And I loved seeing that relationship. So um, you could, and, and you could see even the singers as they were singing their songs, getting drawn into the dance. And a couple of times I thought, oh gosh, if that were me up there, I'd completely lose track of my song because the dance was just, just so compelling. So I loved that, uh, that idea of even just thinking to bring in those two different disciplines together. So, um, mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about that a little bit and just even how, you know, there's the root source of something you're creating, but then there's also the way creatives come together and, and rely on each other as sources to co-create and what the benefits yeah. are of that, right. Is, is just, just so powerful. So um, that was kind of a, a big thing on my and, mind. Well, you sent me a couple of your poems a while back and I, and I do have them. They're on my desk because I, I want to, there's one in particular that makes me want to do a painting. I'm just waiting for my starting point in that one, which you are the starting point, but where where can I get into it? Like, how, how is this gonna, how am I going to express it? And it was about the breath of the chickadee on the, the clothesline. And mm -hmm. I just, I loved that. And it is, I often think about that and it's going to show up in a painting at some point. So you've been a source and you are probably inspired by someone else. So it's we it's a ongoing thing. You mm -hmm. you said in our last episode that each one of us brings something totally unique and we have to show up with our creativity because we all add something to that conversation. And I think that's part of this source thing. You don't even know or you may not even be aware that you're being a source to someone else. And so we have to go about doing our work 
so that someone else perhaps can do their work. So mm -hmm. this is a big thing source. Yes, absolutely. And because it's, 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 again, back to the relationship and the, the changing relationship with the source, and then how you continue to deepen it through the creating. Emily Carr is an artist that I've been spending some time with, just as one of my own influences lately. I just, I am such a, an admirer of some of her work. And I found this quote, and she says, look at the earth crowded with growth, new and old, bursting from their strong roots hidden in the silent live ground, each seed according to its own kind, each one knowing what to do, each one demanding its own rights on the earth. So artist, you too, from the deeps of your soul, let your roots creep forth, gaining strength. And when I think about that relationship between the self and the source, I find that this quote really captures that idea of, of the way the seed of the idea, our roots digging into the earth and how we, we create moving forward, becoming, becoming one person. So then when I link it, say Emily Dickinson, who's one of my favorite poets, and she, you know, wrote the poem, uh, Hope is the Thing with Feathers. And, you know, a question that comes is like, well, what is the shape of hope? That's, that's the question she's answering through that poem in her way. And it's again, that engagement with source. Am I, am I making sense? Is this making sense or am I too abstract? Cause I get a little in the clouds sometimes. <laughs> no, it, it does. And it makes me think back to the beginning of September, somebody gave me some peony roots and some iris corms and I planted them. And I did, I did a whole Instagram post about how creativity and the well, garden is such a place of hope because we put these gnarled, ugly things into the ground or these dry old seeds into dirt, knowing that there will be beauty somewhere. And it's hope and it's faith and it's trust. And I think the creative process is the same thing. We may feel like we're just, you know, empty dirt at the moment because there's nothing growing in our creative garden. But if we keep planting the seeds, we keep looking at the sources something is going to take root and come out of that and i think it's we trust the source to produce and our job is just to simply keep planting so, and and so, trust yeah. ourselves right and trust ourselves and trust ourselves too. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, love that. I love that i pulled out a book that i had a, a notebook of all this writing that i had done probably i think I, it was dated like 2004 it was that long ago and i sat down and started reading some of it out of curiosity and there was a piece about windows in there and mm -hmm. so now i'm looking for sources you know wherever i go i look at the windows in these places and i started to take photos and i know i want to do a series on windows but the source, the starting point was years ago that mm -hmm. I, I, it looked like I had pulled out a picture of a window when I wrote about it. And now it's mm -hmm. come back to this. So it was the planting, but it's it been years until it finally started to take root. So I, yeah, it is about trusting it. Were there any quotes that hung, stood out for you in this chapter? Yeah, I, I loved, you know, she says, um, working from a source is not the same thing as copying. And what I loved about that is, you know, often in poetry in particular, one of the things that we do is you can take a poem that somebody else has written and feel free to do this, feel free to do this with my poetry. And you can pull a word even from every line. 
um, is one way of doing it. And then create a new line around that word. And then you've got a new poem. I'm using the source or you might, you know, there's um, one poem that I, I wrote was uh, five, I can't quite remember the title, but maybe five ways of looking at summer. And um, that was a link back to, I think, a Wallace Stevens poem about 12 ways of looking at a blackbird, I think was the name of it. And, you know, it wasn't copying, it wasn't the same thing. Or I have another poem that I wrote that was inspired by Mary Oliver that I wrote about geese through my eyes. So they continue with this quote. So it starts with the working from a source is not the same as copying. The work is yours only, drawn from your experience, colored by your perceptions. The sources free us to depart from something rather than from nothing or everything. We do not seek to duplicate the source, but to use it as a reference. It relieves us of thinking we have to make something new or great, which is a scary idea. We will make something new when we work at the source with our mind and leave our hands, pen, stick, chopstick, pencil, etc free to get on with the job of drawing, painting, building, writing, etc. And I just that just really reminded me of the abundance that's out there of sources. And that was exciting to me. So that's the one that really stood out to me most. Yeah. When I was teaching creative writing, in the first class, every single time, people would always say, what if it's already been done? Because that was the fear that they they didn't have something new to say and they had to start off from scratch. And I would point them back to the story of Romeo and Juliet, which was the same story as the West Side Story, but two different stories completely. So I said, it's perfectly all right to be inspired by something and then use that as your way to go to do it again, right? The One of the things that struck me for for standing out in this whole thing was the quote, we learn to drop outworn distinctions and separations and to see new relationships, to see there is no line where art stops and life begins. Mm. And that wasn't so much about source as it is that there's this common thread in every one of the chapters that we've done so far. It's this whole idea of get rid of the labels, look at things new, see the new relationships, connect them together, and art and life are the same. It's just mm. up to us to ask the questions. And I love that whole idea. You bring this to source, um, we start to look at things differently or, or studying them a little closer or look tighter at them. Um, it just challenges those people who don't want to, things to change. And that's not a bad thing. We need to be shaken up. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere one time that you only grow old when you stop being curious. So mm-hmm. maybe art and it, or creativity is a fountain of youth for us and we need to embrace it more that change the the challenge of things right yep. well you know art is life and life is art isn't it yep yep <laughs> so it's important uh for the writers out there in particular to because i I'm, I'm 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 trying to speak to you is to pay special attention to how people see and describe things when you're reading um and really have a look at at those those pieces because that's where you'll get a sense of that relationship between the self and what it is that they're noticing and and how they're using the source to to deepen that relationship and i'm sure it's it's very similar in art would it be like what would you need to pay close attention to in in art in order to examine that relationship between the artist and the source well um 
I look at things that have a, a, a full value scale, the dark to light, but I also can use writing as a as an inspiration. I love to, you know, if hope is the thing with feathers, how do I paint that? You know, where, those kinds of things trigger me to get curious about painting. I actually have one that is just a multicolored wing and I love it and it's a and it was triggered by this particular poem. Hope is mm. the thing with feathers. So words, it's images, it's the feeling, especially if you're an abstract kind of artist. Um, often it is the relationship between the colors and the feelings and the movement. It's it's a whole body experience. Um, it's not just visual, which I think is because there are blind artists too, which is a whole mm -hmm. other topic. And maybe when we can tackle one time, I started going down that road as we were looking at stores. Well, I just, I love <laughs> just to connect with you with what you were saying about art and, uh, you know, when... <laughs> they include this great quote by da Vinci from one of his journals where he's describing what it is that he sees. And I just love that. I love that they include this. So I just want to read a little bit of it to our listeners just so that they get a sense of things, because as we know, da Vinci was very prolific. You know, what is it that he was seeing that he could then translate to his art? So this is a little quote from him. I say that the blueness we see in the atmosphere is not intrinsic color, but is caused by warm vapor evaporated in minute and insensible atoms on which the solar rays fall, rendering them luminous against the infinite darkness of the fiery sphere, which lies beyond and includes it. And then he goes on to continue to describe um, bit by bit, like talking about the color of the atmosphere, the smoke of old and dry wood. He's talking about that interplay between color and light. Um, she's talking about an ashy gray color and the luminous space. And it, it was just fascinating to me as a writer to see the types of words he was using as an artist to capture a moment that then he could translate in through his art. And I thought this was an excellent example of that using source and seeing and that connecting between looking and source. Yeah, and I could absolutely take this whole description that he did and it's in the Creta Kent book and paint something from that. I mean, I can use what he describes and and pull something out of that easily to paint the, the, the color of the smoke, the color of the sky, all of those things um, that there's inspiration in there that's fabulous that I love. It's a launching point, right? A source mm -hmm. is a launching point and his writing there becomes a way to launch into something, seeing it in my own unique way, but through his words, which is brilliant. I love that. In the book, she also talks about, <clears throat> that Karina talks about, she gathered up shells and they became sources for her. Apparently she did a whole series on shells. I gather up stones from the beach and I use them to uh, for my rock paintings. I don't follow them exactly, but it gives me ideas on all the different ways that rocks are colored and marked and cracked and edged and shaped. So they become sources of inspiration. And I, the other thing she talked about is sources about flipping through art books. Karita Kent says she loved to flip through art books to be inspired or find a new, new direction. And I use Pinterest that way. And I'd, I'd really love to think Karita would have loved Pinterest. That's my <laughs> wormhole. I go down that a lot. But, you know, if I'm looking for some inspiration on something color or, or something particular, I look at Pinterest. Um, yeah, so I just, I love all these different places that we have as artists and writers that are sources that are available to us. Um, right. What else? 
Um, well, I think that um, I, I, I've got to confess, I didn't do any better yet with doing the assignments in the book, um, which is something that I, I would like to, it's still on my bucket list. So maybe by next week, I'll have, you know, gotten past these big ideas and dug into more of the uh, assignments. But one of the assignments that I really love is on uh, page 56 in my book. And she, she invites you to look at a magazine in many ways, one way at a time, and to write three lines about each point of view. So sociologically, historically, she lists a whole bunch as a parable, as a directory, as a work of art. And I love that. I love how shifting the audience, shifting the form, can take something. So, you know, my chapter book right now is all about Giroux Island Lighthouse. And I could play with that by looking at through these different lenses, and it's going to open it up to possibilities that I hadn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful little playful practice way to to be able to open things up to look at them in a, in a bit of a different way. And I just I love that exercise. I just think it's it's a lot of fun. So I wish I wish that I had uh, done some of that that sort of playing. And I also wish that, that I could figure out, you know, this is, I've been actually this, this work I've been doing with Emily Carr, I've been reflecting for years and trying to figure out how to capture spirit in writing the way that she was able to capture that unity of movement in her, in her painting. I always like to look to other forms to inform the form that I use, which is, you know, the written word and figure out what I can learn from them. And I really wish that I could figure out how to capture the movement, the ripples, the, the slow and the fast. And I, I feel like I'm getting somewhere and my writing, you know, continues to, to grow stronger. That's the right word to use. I don't know. It just for myself, that maybe relationship between me and my writing is growing stronger. I think that's the piece, but <laughs> in order how would I how would that look like what would what would my writing look like if if it were an Emily Carr painting has been something that I've been playing with and trying to mm. trying to infuse that that spirit and that unity in there and even trying to look for writers who I think have captured some of those pieces for me and I'm I'm finding that maybe maybe I've gone down a path that's that's a hard one to find because that's just where I'm at uh again still lost in the ideas and I I feel hopeful I'm gonna get grounded soon <laughs> <laughs> well I one of the things that um, somebody recommended to me as a teacher recommended was to take a piece of writing and rewrite it in the form of like Ray Milland or, or uh, not Milland, Chandler, Chandler, the right detective writer, and then rewrite it like Emily Carr, rewrite it like, you know, so that she tried the different formats the way they did it. And also painting. I mean, to take a, a picture that you like and try to do it so like Van Gogh would have done it or like uh, Monet would have done it. And what can you pick out and learn from that? Now, that's not something you would probably ever sell or, you know, it's it's a it's an exercise. These are exercises to explore the value and the, the inspiration that another creative has for you. So I think that I think those would be great ideas to do. I've been going down the road of making lists and mind mapping. Now, she doesn't mention mind mapping in here, but to me, that's how I like to make my lists. And uh, I think we talked about it last season and had a link to it. But it's a great way to look at 
how many different ways can I express a tree? How many different ways can I show a lake? What are all the different ways that rain comes down? And how does that show up in the atmosphere? So as an artist, those are great explorations for me to do. I also like the assignment that she talked about that you mentioned is looking at the magazine in many ways. And there's a one that I added, she wasn't in her list, but to look at it for color schemes because all the color schemes on your your cover and everything else are thought out. They're not just, they don't just land there. They are chosen and thought out and the fonts and all of that, they help inform what is attracting people's attention at this moment. You know, if, if you look at magazines from probably the seventies, there would have been a lot of greens and browns and earthy colors. And up till now, when they seem to be tending more towards the whites and the neutrals and the grays, it shows, it really reflects the taste of that particular time. And so a magazine is a huge way of uh, getting that kind of information out of it. She talked a lot about brainstorming and there's an exercise that improv artists use, improv comedians and actors and musicians, and it's called yes and. Mm -hmm. And because when you're brainstorming, the last thing you wanna do is offer a judgment on, on something that's been given. And this yes and exercise helps you keep your mind open. So you're making a list and saying, okay, here are things I'd like to write about. Here are things I'd like to paint. You can stop judging them by saying, yes you know oh i'd like to paint a picture of green peppers in the in the grocery store yes and how does the light fall on them well the light falls from this side and picks out that yes and and it keeps adding to that until you've explored it completely so i think that's part of list making and and brainstorming then you explore it completely I love it. And I don't know, you just reminded me of, I read a great book years ago. I think it was by Shonda Rhimes and it was her year of yes. So this is that mm. life is art. And the art year of life. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she applied yeah. that. Yeah, I love that premise. book. <laughs> yeah. She applied it to her life and uh, had to say yeah. yes to everything. And I'll, I'll always remember this one story she tells, she was going somewhere important and all dressed up in a gown and ready to go out the door. And it could have even been to see the president. Like it was a big deal. Her, her child says, you know, will you play such and such with me? And she remembered her promise of saying yes, paused everything and sat down on the floor uh, for 10 or 15 minutes and and played with her child and and just the the impact that it had on her relationships and her life was transformative. So sometimes it can be that simple mm. of, of saying yes in, yeah. in life and, and in creativity, yeah. right? One of the things I wanted to, to talk a little bit, just dive into just a little bit here, yeah, because she talks about we talked about looking last time and she's very focused on the visual. And I just wanted to kind of bring out the fact that for some people, the visual isn't their first way of experiencing the world or it has been denied to them. A mm-hmm. few years ago, I had very bad cataracts to the point where I couldn't even drive and the autumn, the colors were muted and, and everything was different for me. So and it made me wonder what would happen if I couldn't see anymore, if I lost my sight? Now, thank goodness we have great surgery nowadays and and, uh, lenses that can be put in and my eyes are are not a problem anymore. But I really wanted to encourage our listeners to try closing your eyes and listening for those other sources, using your other senses to find the sources. Uh, Close your eyes and pet a cat. What does it feel like? What, What would a purr look like if you painted it? 
or the laugh of someone you love versus the laugh of someone who really annoys you, right? How, how are those affecting you and what is the energy that runs through you and how that show up in your art? And try your taste and your smell because all of our sources provide all of our senses provide source material for us to use because like we said art is life life is art and we are more than just our eyes so i really want that's the tip i wanted to bring to listeners this week is use it all not just your Mm -hmm. eyes i love that i love that i think that's uh that's so important and she does recommend a sense diary and that's for any creatives can do that um and whether you're actively creating in the world or you're just wanting to have a more creative life the sense diary is a really wonderful place for you to start and she's got so many wonderful invitations throughout the book of ways that you can engage in that in really interesting ways i would say that um for me it's, it's thinking about the source is the same. So this is my, my, my tip for, for listeners. The source can be the same. So it can be looking out the same window or the same tree, but I'm always changing. And it may also always be changing. So you can come back and revisit sources. Uh, you can go back and listen to a mm-hmm. song that you really loved years ago and, and feel new to that song because you may feel different than when you first heard it. So it's kind of being open to that, that changeability of things. I think that I would love to invite everyone to maybe um, let's do it together. Let's pick. I'm hoping by the time this airs before the next week, let's, let's all commit to doing one assignment in any of the, in, in either the beginning, looking or sources, just commit to doing one assignment because creativity is, yes, it's something we talk about, but create is an action. It's taking action. We have to do stuff. And um, she'll talk a lot about the importance of create and connect. So I am going to commit, this is my, my accountability here now to doing on page 63. So feel free to join me. Um, There's an assignment there. She says to make a list of 25 short quotes from your favorite writers. Find 25 quotes not considered literature from anywhere and then compare them and then pull five of those quotes from each source. So you'll have 10 quotes and then put them with pictures of mountains. And that's it. It's that simple. So you're, you're Mm. finding 50 quotes, narrowing it down to 10 and then pairing those 10 quotes with 10 pictures of mountains, putting them together. And then I'm going to share out what I create on um, social media and see what that happens. It's that simple. It's just engaging with play, letting go and taking something and connecting it with something else to create something new. So she's even provided us with enough structure, which is next week's topic to have us have an entry point. So it has to be pictures of mountains and then it's, it's, it's your, your quotes. So that's something I, uh, I want to invite everyone to join me in doing is let's do an assignment. Let's make it happen. Let's do it now. (laughs) I think that's a great idea because um, especially if we commit to putting it up on on social media, we kind of have to show up and do it right. So um, I'll, I'll join you on that one. I was also looking at the one about the magazine. I have a magazine I want to sit down and do this with uh, and look at the different ways about the different points of view. It's an art magazine and I want to see if it it 
gives me any kind of ideas to bring into my own art. But I will do the assignment with the mountains and and join you on that. Yep, I think it's a great idea. She opened this chapter actually talking about Charles and Ray Eames and, and the influence that they had on her and these films that they had created. So I went out and I found uh, a site that had 15 of the films in a, in a playlist also from YouTube. And I started watching them, a couple of them this week. So uh, I'm going to put a link to that article on there so that if you want to watch some of those films by Charles Eames and uh, you can find them easily. So that, that's Great. my contribution to the playlist. Yeah. Beautiful. And to remind our listeners, the playlist is all about inviting you to further play and explore the ideas. So I want you to be able to have the opportunity to look at that full passage that Leonardo da Vinci put there on the of the color of the atmosphere. So I've got a link to that. And then, you know, we talked so much about hope is the thing with feathers here today. Just take a moment. I invite you take a moment, read the poem, sit with it, see where it takes you. So that's also on our playlist. And what's up next time? Structure. structure. We're going to talk about structure. So I'm kind of interested to get into that one and see what she's got to say. So looking forward to that one. Wonderful. All right. So we'll see you next week. Don't forget to do your homework. It's all going to happen. We're going to do it. I feel, I feel, I feel the energy. Hey, everybody. April here at the end of this episode. Just wondering what your sources might be. What is important to you? What feeds your creative energy? I really encourage you to use all of your senses, not just your sight. Taste things, listen to things, close your eyes and really feel them on your skin and see what that changes in your creative uh, experience as we go through this book. There are so many different ways to experience sources and we'd really love to hear from you. What are the important ones to you? Have a fun time this week. Have, try some of the exercises in the book if you're following along and let us know what your experience is of them. Have a great week and keep creating. You can find more podcast episodes and today's playlist at thehummingbirdpodcast.com. And you can learn more about our creative work at our individual websites. So you can learn more about me, Jessica, at sunshineinajar.com and more about April at aprillyjanes.com, A-P-R-I-L-L-E-J-A-N is in November, E-S.com. If you have any hummingbird questions for us to explore, we invite you to let us know. At thehummingbirdpodcast.com.